This podcast is very proudly brought to you by my new book, From Peasants Food to Superfoods. This book is based on cooking for the entire family and it guides cooks from all experiences on how to integrate healthy foods into everyday life. I know it's easy to stick to the same old things every week with a family to feed and a budget to stick to, but eating nutritious and delicious food every night is achievable and affordable. Learning how to use, prepare, and incorporate new and old ingredients into tasty and exciting food is what I love doing. So I have put this book together. It's over 300 pages. There's over 100 simple, nutritious recipes, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, desserts. Most of it's gluten-free, dairy-free. It's very gut-healing, very anti-inflammatory, and I hope that you will love it as much as I have, putting it together and (laughs) bringing it to life. So if you would like to check it out, learn more, or order it, jump online at www.mgherbs.com.au. And thanks for bringing us the podcast today. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. Hey guys, and welcome back to The Naked Naturopath. Today on the podcast, I have a really cool, cool lady I'm very excited to speak to, stress and anxiety specialist, Susie Garden. Susie supports women feeling stressed, fatigued, and anxious. She helps them find their way back to a clear mind, a healthy body, and a life that lights them up. Uh, We are lucky enough to have Susie Garden here in Australia with me. She's in Brisbane, uh, which is up the top of the coast that I'm on. And Susie supports women all around the world to take control of their health through natural medicine, nutrition, and therapeutic meditation, which she's done for over 20 years. A passionate and experienced healthcare practitioner, and she's a yoga instructor herself, Susie brings her various qualifications and her experience in corporal uh, burnout. She spent six years, uh, 16 years sorry, surviving in the uh, pharmaceutical in- industry to her transformational wellness program, Radiant Health Mentoring, her retreats, and her wellness clinic um, here in Brisbane. Like I said... Uh, she also has this weekly podcast, so it is called The Wellness Glow, where she has special guests and uh, also offers practical solutions to support women and, and uh, their health and wellness. And uh, we're going to talk today about all things managing stress, trauma, mental health. We're going to talk about diet and mind-body techniques, the gut-brain connection. So stay tuned if you want to um, yeah, find out about more about that. And I'm really excited to welcome Susie to the podcast today. Thanks for your time today, Susie. Thanks so much, Alyssa. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And like I said, you're up on the East Coast, up the top from me, and we've had some pretty devastating bushfires here in Australia recently. How are you doing up there at the moment? Yeah, good. We were pretty lucky up here in Brisbane. We didn't really get affected by the fires just north of me. The Sunshine Ghost got Mm. pretty heavily affected. Um, So, yeah, it's been absolutely awful to see all of the um, terrible footage on the television. But, uh, yeah, I was very fortunate not to have anything bad in my area. Yes, as were we. As were we. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. what I'd love is if you could start by telling us a little bit more about yourself, even though I did that huge intro because you've got so much, I know. You've got so much <laughs> good stuff going on. Uh, how you ended up, you know, specializing in stress. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess probably my real interest in stress management has come from having had a long corporate career. 
where I experienced burnout myself. At the time, I was in a national role, so I was traveling almost every week. I was living on airline food and hotel food. I had no routine, didn't, hadn't ever heard of self-care um, <laughs> and, and knew nothing about nutrition. For me, it was just, you know, stop feeling hungry, so I just would eat whatever. And uh, eventually, after a couple of years of doing this, and also um, at some point during that period, I did travel to India and I picked up a really nasty mm-hmm. gut bug. Mm-hmm. And I think that had quite a big effect that I didn't really realize. Um, and so the combination, I think, of the two of those led me to becoming very burnt out. And for me, burnout manifested as fatigue uh, and as anxiety and I found during that final year of my corporate career, my yoga absolutely saved my life, I think, (laughs) and having those skills uh, in uh, breath control, in mindful movement was really, I think, important. It was kind of my my beacon uh, of hope during the week that on, you know, every Saturday I would go to my class and, and be with my teacher, which was amazing. But it really taught me how we can manage stress in ways like we can't change the environment around us. At the time, I felt like I just had no choices in terms of my job. Mm-hmm. But we can learn techniques that can help us manage our stress and keep ourselves healthy. And during that kind of final year, when I was doing a lot of soul searching, because I, I knew that the way I was living was not sustainable. So I started studying nutrition. Because I thought, well, I want to stay in healthcare. I had been a nurse prior to joining the pharmaceutical industry. And so I started studying nutrition, learned so much about how nutrition affects not only our physical health, but also our mental health. And I've combined, I guess, my knowledge in nutrition and then uh, subsequently naturopathy into my uh, yoga and meditation skill set and have come up with. I guess, simple solutions to help women in similar situations. I also am very fortunate to work with the Australian Army teaching injured soldiers meditation to help them on their healing journeys as well. So I do see some men as well, but my my focus is primarily on women. And I think mainly because what I've noticed is if, if you can keep the woman well, then that impacts on the whole family. and keeps the family well. So I think that's really important. And women have a tendency to put everyone else's needs first and themselves last. So I think for me, I love nurturing the woman. Yeah, you can really hear the passion in your voice. And interesting you mentioned the army because I'm pretty sure when I was doing your intro, it come out as corporal, but I was many (laughs) seconds corporate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Yes. Fine. But, you know, let's let's move on. Uh, we all make yes. mistakes. I don't I don't like to cut them out. I think, you know, people need to know that it's cool if you make a mistake and you can just, you know, yeah. life goes on. When I first started recording the podcast, it was very terrifying. And so, yes. <laughs> don't need to be scared. Just, you know, it's all good. Um, yeah, and so you've started to focus on women's health, which is interesting, like, because that's a a traditional naturopathic principle was of education, right? And we would always kind of, yes. as as an old school herbalist, go in and educate the woman on how she could use the land and the garden and her environment around her as medicine for her whole family. And yes. that's a really beautiful, beautiful um, part of what we do. 
So you focused yes. on women and, um, you know, I'm the same. I, I think we just tend to attract a female presence in the clinic more so than men. Yes. Happy to see my men as well. But, um, yeah, just it's it's like a probably 80-20, right, for me and maybe yes. a bit more for you if you're focusing specifically on women. But yes. you're helping them to manage stress, trauma, mental health, such important topics such big topics yes. as well. And, you know, I talk a lot on the podcast about nutrition and herbal medicine, but what I haven't really spoken a lot about is diet and mind-body techniques. So I'd love to kind of hear how you're using those to help help women um, in yeah. that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm really passionate about using mind-body techniques because they're things that anybody can access. You mm. don't need any special equipment. You don't actually even need to set aside separate time in the day because once you learn some of these little tricks and tips, you can implement it anytime at all. And what most of the time when I'm working with clients in my clinic, one of the first things we'll go into is breath and how to breathe properly mm. because in the West we tend to be quite shallow breathers. Breathing when we're now. babies, if you, yeah, exactly, <laughs> a nice deep breath yes. in and out because, yeah, we tend to breathe in the upper part of our chest and lungs and so we kind of have to reteach ourselves how to breathe into the belly and if you watch a baby sleeping or if you watch an animal, if you've got a dog or a cat that's asleep nearby to you, then you check them out, they will breathe into their belly. That's the natural way that we breathe. But we just it's a it's a habit that we learn to just breathe more shallowly. And so breathing into the belly very mindfully actually works on the hypothalamus in the brain. So it's like our control center in the center of the brain. And it's part of our stress response, so our fight and flight response. So when we control our breath and do our belly breathing, we are actually telling it the threat is gone. No need to be stressed anymore. Let's dial that back and let's start getting more into our relaxation response. So it's a way that we can override our stress response. And let's face it, we tend to be in our stress response a fairly significant amount of the time. And our stress response is one of our caveman, I guess, or cave person um, uh characteristics that was fantastic when we were worried about getting you know eaten by a tiger but these days our stressors are financial their mortgage stress relationship stress job stress etc and those things don't tend to last just for the 20 to 30 seconds that our stress response was designed for it goes on for days and weeks and months and so we tend to really uh, use up our resources in terms of our nutritions and our nutritionals and our um, other aspects and it eats into our sleep and eats into our ability to digest our food over a long period of time. So simply learning how to breathe consciously, mindfully will help to dial back that stress response so that even if you are in this environment where there is stress all around you, your response can be dialed back. And what that involves is simply teaching yourself a technique called belly breathing and you can just then do it all the time once you know the, the technique you don't need to sit and do that as a separate practice as part of your day you can actually do it all the time and when I first learned this technique about 20 years ago one of my yoga teachers taught me she said just do it all the time if you're cooking if you're driving if 
anytime you're doing anything at all, belly breathe, and eventually your body's just naturally mm-hmm. going to do it. And it's one of my favorite techniques to teach people because it is so simple. I mean, even if right now you took three deep breaths in and out of your belly, you can feel the tension just release, Mm. particularly breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. There's something very releasing about doing that. So you can imagine if you teach yourself to kind of belly breathe all of the time, it just helps keep you on that relatively even keel. And I find that's one of the the most valuable techniques I can teach somebody. Mm. It's free. It's yes. incredibly easily accessible. Yes. It's got so many benefits. And I know like we where my clinic is here in Newcastle, I'm within a studio that has, you know, gym, CrossFit, like all these other bits and pieces, but they have two massive yoga studios and we do Ainga. Ainga yes. uh, right. yoga here. Yeah, so you're yes. using all the props and stuff. But one of the really important parts of that is the breath work. And yes. it not only does it help you while you're doing yoga, you know, I find I can hold my downward dog trillion times longer if I got my breath sorted um whereas if you're shallow breathing you're kind of like oh you're moving around and you you jiggling and things yes. aren't solid you know uh, but when you come out you've got clarity you've got lowered anxiety um you know I feel like I can focus more I come back into my office and I'm like oh I'm here in a different way now like I've arrived I love that <laughs> yes absolutely yes, yes. and imagine fun. having that in your life all the time. Yes, thank you for learning to do just it. Yeah. Being able to be calm and focused. So people, and that, that's what I love. If people want to kind of um, do that at home, it's part of what you do with your clients. What's the, what's the one piece of advice? Like what's the first thing they could do just to start? Yeah, the first thing you can do initially, take a minute to just sit to teach so you can focus on it with no other distractions and place one hand on the chest, one hand on the belly, and take a normal breath in through the nose and then out through the mouth. And then on the next breath in, fill the belly up with air first and then the mid chest and the upper chest and exhale from the upper chest and the mid chest and the belly, hugging it in and then inhale into the belly and the mid chest and the upper chest and exhale from the upper chest, the mid chest and the belly and hug it in and then continue in that fashion, just allowing the breath to flow. And by doing this just for a minute and then as you train yourself, you don't need to use the hands on the body. That's just simply a training technique and you can just start doing it all the time. Beautiful. Hmm. One of the key things that I was taught when I first kind of realized that I had anxiety, as we all, yes. you know, oh, is that me? I have anxiety. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, you go to psych and I had this wonderful, wonderful lady who um, taught me to breathe in a very similar way, but she got me to picture a triangle. And it's exactly like what you're doing, those three stages. Yes. So my triangle would go up one side, down the other, across and join up, up one side. Oh, I love that. It was such a beautiful thing. And Ooh. You know, you can you can then put in a hold if you want, or you can you know you could just make it a beautiful um, ongoing breathing exercise. Yeah. But yeah, the triangle has always stuck with me. 
Uh, yes. If you learn that technique. Yes, that's perfect. And you find something that gels with you and it sticks with you, then you can use it as a tool. And you've got your herbal medicine, you know, you've got your tonics, maybe you've got supplements and stuff like that. But you have just pointed out that adding something like breath work in will help those tonics and, and nutritionals work better. Totally, totally. Because when we're in our stress response, and I mentioned before about using up our resources. So when you're in stress response, our blood flow is prioritized to run away or to fight. So it goes away from the less priority procedures, I guess, in the body, which are digestion. Yes. So you don't get as much oxygen and blood flow into the, the guts and also our reproductive systems. Yes. So, you know, that's why in terms of fertility, if you're under stress all of the time, uh, that can potentially affect your fertility. And with in terms of digestion, yeah, if we're in that stress mode, uh, we're not getting in that uh, relaxation response, also known as rest and digest. Mm -hmm. And so we're using up resources, but we're not replenishing those because we're not absorbing our nutrients so well. So it's, it's such an important technique to have yeah. to manage that stress response. And the end point of that, you know, when we're literally burning through our nutrients, what we have available, we're not getting much in to refresh yes. that. We burn out, right? Burning through yes. it and then you burn out. And that's when yes. things get um, ugly. <laughs> I <got that>. uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Very ugly. <laughs> and we don't want that. We don't want that for anyone. But, as, you know, especially um, I find women trying yes. to conceive, it's a really hard, hard, you know, journey for them um, to, to get to a point where they can do that if stress is one of those major factors. Totally. And, yeah, anything you can do, all it, it only needs to be small things. Mm. People don't need to do dramatic things mm. to manage stress. And I think that's one of the blocks that sometimes people have is they think that, oh, I'm going to have to change my whole life. No, not at all. It's some very small things that you can do and each of them has an incremental effect. Yes. And so if you just make a few small changes, that can be quite dramatic in terms of how it can make you feel, how it can improve your sleep, how it can improve your overall health and well-being and your ability then to manage more stress. Absolutely. Because one of the things you, the key things that I hear in clinic all the time is that people um, have have these jobs and they have these careers that are amazing and they're, they're you yes. know, they're wanting to um, climb the ladder and, and go down that yes. road they can't change those stressors. So if we can add in a way for them to cope better, that's that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I've always found herbal medicine does for people, you yes. know, um, especially if you are wanting to achieve things, you're a high achiever and you're wanting to go further and, um, you know, just wanting to, to help your body cope, help your mind cope, it does that. But adding in the breathing, again, just will uh, layer, 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 layer on those tools yeah. and techniques and that support for your body. Yeah, absolutely. And I really wish I had known that probably in the in the final two years of my corporate career, I felt so trapped and I felt like there was mm. there was nothing I could do to get out of it, you know, like because the money's good, the, the perks were good, uh, and you don't feel like, well, where am I going to go from, from here if I don't have this? It was such a massive part of my identity mm. and um, – that caused even more stress just trying to, you know, get out of that. And I really wish I had known more about natural health at the time. Obviously, I was working in an industry which is the opposite of natural health. And I think that natural health and, and conventional medicine can work very well together. Mm. And, uh, yeah, but I, I do feel like if I'd had the support of a naturopath at the time, I, I would have not needed to go through 
some of the distress that mm. I did go through at the time, particularly with regard to that feeling of burnout, that feeling of just really struggling to be engaged in the job all of the time and that that feeling of, of just that hopelessness, I guess, mm. that you can get when you're in that burnout phase. Absolutely. So, yeah. So if we mm. take that back to naturopathic philosophy, we've always known that the gut has a really significant role in how our yes. body copes with stress, how we deal with stress, how we feel day to day in all aspects really. <laughs> what, yeah. You know, we now know how our gut, gut brain connection, you know, the gut mind connection, um, how important it is for uh, anxiety. What's yes. your newest kind of knowledge on this? What's the up-and-coming gut-brain connection stuff that you've been um, learning and using in your clinic at the moment? Mm. I think the main thing, and I don't know if this is fairly new, but it's certainly new to most people I, I speak mm. to, is about the link with um, serotonin production in the gut. And I think mm. a lot of people don't realise that and they don't take advantage of what we can do in terms of boosting natural serotonin production. So if you are suffering from anxiety, for example, and you go to see a GP, most likely they'll put you on what we call an SSRI. And that what that does is help the levels of serotonin in the brain sort of stay at the, um, the neurosynapses. I won't get too technical there, but, yeah, it helps with that. But the thing is that about 90% of our serotonin is actually produced in our gut. So if our gut is not functioning very well, then our serotonin production will suffer. And so if we look after our gut health with using relaxation techniques like what we've just talked about with the breath and also um, taking in the right nutrients so that we're actually getting the building blocks of our serotonin. So looking at what's in the diet, where are we getting our tryptophan, for example, which is one of the building blocks of serotonin. Now, we can find tryptophan in foods like pumpkin seeds and turkey and things like that. But if you're not eating that, then you're not going to get those mm. building blocks. So I think it's important to look at that next level down. Like, yes, you can take a drug that's going to help bring those levels of serotonin into the brain, but it's not going to actually improve your production of serotonin. So from a long-term point of view, yes, maybe take that SSRI if that's what you need at the time, or maybe look at herbal medicines that can do a similar thing yeah. or nutritional medicines that can do a similar thing. But at the same time, work on that actual underlying cause. And I think that's possibly the, the missing step that people don't realise how much can be achieved with looking at food and relaxation techniques when it comes to managing anxiety. It's in that, that classic kind of scenario of uh, treating the symptoms, not the cause yes. of the symptoms and that's you know that's really what um again like oh, we keep coming back to it but natural yeah. philosophy is just being validated by science right like it's every yes. year we get more and more and more papers just saying hey you guys are on track like you guys are on it you treating the gut for anxiety yes. all these conditions that we thought were n nobody ever thought they would be connected to the gut we've always kind of looked at that which is oh, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that, oh, you know, our ancestors who came before us knew that. But, yeah, it's fascinating. So with an SSRI, it, you're saying it, it is somewhat of a short-term fix because it doesn't actually address the problem. 
And we, we know that is the case with other neurotransmitters, right? Because we yes. know that if you're not having the precursors, um, you're not having the microbiome, we'll move on to the microbiome yes. maybe, which yes, is we will. essentially yes. what we're talking about here. If the microbiome yes. isn't up to scratch, then your body isn't able to produce or support the neurotransmitters being produced in the correct ways and that affects your mood. Absolutely. And that is that is one of the biggest issues I think that we have is our gut microbiome is such a critical part of good health and we constantly disrupt it with our poor choices of food. And let's face it, we all do it. Even, you know, as a naturopath, I, I love ice cream, for example. So, you know, I'm, I'm certainly no angel when it comes to um, having an absolute sugar-free diet, for example. Uh, it's very tempting, but, you know, we, we eat processed food. We eat sugary foods. We don't necessarily feed our microbiome. Mm. The, the foods that it wants to eat because a lot of people actually don't realize we need to feed our good bacteria in our gut to keep them healthy. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's so much we can, that we're doing to destroy our microbiome or that we're not even conscious of doing unless we have that education and knowledge. And again, it's something that's really easy to do if you're aware of it and if you know how, and interestingly, even, um, what we know with uh, the different strains of bacteria in our gut is that there are specific strains that are linked to anxiety and depression. And there are actually specific probiotics that can be prescribed to help manage anxiety in particular. Uh, and who would have thought that, that you could actually take probiotics to help improve your anxiety symptoms because we're working directly on the gut microbiome and helping to support those bacteria that we know impact on anxiety. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> it's great because we have a method of treating it. You know, yes. we have the validation in the science there to say, hey, this is the way that we need to fix this particular pathway or this particular production of a neurotransmitter or whatever it might be. But we know that those bugs each play a really significant role. Uh, yes. I have this um, toxin talk and I start the talk by saying, let's all take a really deep, you know, beautiful big breath in and breathe out. And we have all just breathed in over 700,000 toxic, <laughs> toxic metabolites in our, in our environment. So even if you're doing all the right things, which I don't recommend because you'll be very unhappy without your ice cream. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you've got to have some give and take, right? You're still breathing, yes. you're still breathing in toxic air. Unfortunately, that's just the environment we live in. So even if you do all the right things, you still need to support your gut microbiome. You still need to do yes. it. Our environment's, you know, out there and it's against us as well at the moment, <laughs> unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, if yeah. you do do all those supporting acts then you can enjoy the ice cream right and it won't have the adverse impact it would if you weren't doing anything so it's like this totally yeah in moderation absolutely yeah. i certainly don't recommend ice cream every night as much as it's awesome <laughs> especially up here in queensland where it's very hot yes um but yeah it's it's like anything it's in moderation but i guess just to be clear this is these are specific probiotics this is not going down to the pharmacy and just getting yes. some generic probiotic and, and having that every day and in fact 
you know, there may be some issues with that. I don't want to go into that today, but certainly there's there's kind of talk in the scientific community about how we're using probiotics mm-hmm. and perhaps they shouldn't be as accessible as they are. You know, and I went down the supermarket the other day and there's there's all kinds of products now that are being promoted as having probiotics in them. And it's like, what are we doing now? This It's like a health fad that is, you know, let's get chocolate with probiotics in it. Or mm-hmm. let, you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I think sure. I saw a probiotic muesli the, yesterday. Like, what the hell? What, what's wow. going on here? Yeah, so like anything, you need to make sure that you're taking the right probiotic for what your need is at that time. Because the other thing that we know is that these probiotics that we're introducing in, they don't take residence for long periods of time. Yeah. I think it's after about 10 days. Yeah, if once weeks. you stop taking them, they're, they're gone. Yeah. So what you need to do is when you're taking them is feed up what you've got absolutely and with prebiotics and prebiotic foods are fibrous type foods so they're, they're nothing again special you don't have to buy special yeah. supplements unless you have specific syndromes such mm. as ibs or something like that that's a different story i'm talking about just an everyday person if you're um having some gut issues get them assessed properly so that you can get the right treatment rather than what it's very tempting to do is just go down see some probiotics on the supermarket shelf i'll just grab them and take some probiotics or take some probiotic muesli or whatever and um think that that's going to fix things Mm. because Mm. in fact it is that combination those all those small things of getting the right mix of nutrients making sure the stress is under control using probiotics in a way that is appropriate and not just throwing in whatever you're getting off the shelf it's that whole combined approach that will help bring good health and well-being into the body and mind so what i'm hearing here is a podcast on probiotics absolutely you and me (laughs) yes let's do it yes (laughs) because when we talk about probiotics we are talking about thousands of different bugs yes yes and we're not talking about more is better you know i see the thousand million billions no that's not better yeah exactly it's very misleading and it it does get yeah there's a real marketing uh theme at the moment about having huge numbers of probiotics in these capsules and that's not actually going to be um, a magic pill with any supplement now you know it's three times the strength it's eight times the strength it's like yeah it's stronger but is is that going to be appropriate is that better for that person all that kind of stuff exactly all right stay tuned for the the podcast on probiotics with Susie Garden yeah that'll be awesome (laughs) well lastly I'd love to talk about your unique ability to integrate the mindfulness that we've talked about and the meditation into your practice because I find with my clients I've got got a lot to give you know I do and I don't say that in an egotistical way I say that in a way that I've um I have spent a lot of time and, you know, put a lot of love into my work yeah. and practice. And that's why we exist, so that people can come and find out about the type of probiotics that they should be taking. So that's we, right. we put a lot of effort into our research and our knowledge and our multiple qualifications, which we, yes. you know, we have to have now. And so I'd love to know how you kind of integrate that with clients because I, I do have a lot to give. And how do you find the time and do you do it with every client? And, you know, what's the feedback that you get from that? Yeah. So I find that for almost everyone, I will do 
pretty much that technique I demonstrated before of the belly breathing. So mm-hmm. teaching the belly breathing, showing how easy it is. And when people realize that they can just learn that and can do it all the time, it's actually very, very easy to get people to actually do it because it's not yet another thing to put on the to-do mm-hmm. list. The other thing I find really useful from a mindfulness point of view is using some of the mindfulness apps that are out there. And again, they're very simple. Uh, The one I really like is an Australian one called Smiling Mind. And what I like about it is that it is really simple. It's as much as, I mean, hey, I love, you know, visualization and floating away on a pink fluffy cloud and all of that. That's really lovely. But for the average person that doesn't have a lot of time just to do some mindfulness meditation or mindfulness practice, and that's where a lot of the research in meditation has focuses on the mindfulness aspect and this research is done by you know harvard university this is real hardcore science using mri machines where they actually measure what's going on in the brain so this is not just oh we think because you're relaxed that you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) your relaxation response is on that's great but they're actually measuring the thickness of certain parts of the brain and the activity in certain parts of the brain and finding that just doing a practice for, I think it's about 23 minutes Mm -hmm. for six weeks makes measurable changes in the thickness of your gray matter in your brain. And when we, when we increase the thickness, we are, it it makes us more effective. So for example, if you're increasing the thickness of the gray matter in uh, the front part of your brain, you're actually improving your motor skills. So, you know, as we age, our brain shrinks a little bit yeah that's a normal part of aging and that's why older people can you know fall potentially and so if we can improve motor skills we can decrease falling so this is really practical stuff and guess what you can do this in just minutes a day and what i love about the smiling mind is is mindfulness meditation focus but there's five minute practices so you can sit there and just do five minutes or then you can do 10 minutes and it also has um practices for children for specific age groups Mm. so you know if we can get kids doing this quite young it improves their uh, concentration at school which is fantastic and it also can improve their behavior if that you are having behavioral difficulties with your kids then teaching them mindfulness can help them with their impulse control and with their their behavior generally and there's again lots of research going on in this area and in fact in some schools i think in victoria in particular they they've rolled out programs over the last few years looking at meditation in schools which is mm-hmm. amazing yeah so that that i think using apps and using breathing are probably the main things that i do and obviously encouraging people to go to yoga classes if they they can yoga is fairly affordable and it's so widespread these days and there's so many different types of it you can find something that suits you if you're like a fast flowing dynamic Mm. class you can find that if you want a slow yin beautiful relaxation class you can find that too so there's there's that whole um spectrum yeah beautiful i do find that sometimes and i i just want to point this out so that if somebody is listening they're not going to beat themselves up about this because i do find that sometimes with my clients and even when i first started yoga it was incredibly difficult to stay in that space and yes. you know, with with my kind of anxiety, I found that I just had to keep going, had to keep moving, had to yes. keep running, and that's that primitive response that you were talking about before. I've got to run, run, run. I've got to do, do, yes. do, and it is very difficult to stop in that initial phase. So a five minute 
meditation or mindfulness practice is a really good place to start because you can think it's only five minutes like you know it's not an hour and a half like yoga can be um and then you can work your way up you can work your way into a 10 and a 20 and then maybe you go to a yoga class and as that stress response calms you'll find that you're able to be still for longer right yeah and that's that's a really good point melissa that it, it is one of those things where yeah it's i when I'm working with the army guys, I say to them, you don't walk into the gym and expect to pick up a 200 kilo yes. weight, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same with this. You don't, you don't go, right, I'm going to meditate for half an hour every day, starting today. Mm. I tell you what, you are setting yourself up for failure. Yes. Starting just with some simple breathing, starting with a, a one-minute practice mm. or a five-minute practice, and then that will train your brain to be still. And if you find, I just can't even do it for one minute, do an open-eyed meditation. What's something that you love to do, whether it's gardening, whether it's sewing, whether it's any any activity that you like to do, drawing, whatever, just focus on it completely for one minute where as a thought comes in of, you know, what's for dinner or what am I putting on my shopping list or whatever it is, as a thought comes in, just go, okay, I'm just going to park that get back into my one minute of focusing on whatever I want to do. And actually something I do for um, particularly new mums where they don't have a lot of time is the shower meditation. So we all have a shower every day, right, hopefully. And uh, when you're in the shower, just completely be focused on the shower, the the feel of the steam as you breathe it in, the smells of the products you're using, the feeling of the water falling on your body, the feeling of the weight of your body through the soles of your feet, that whole thing. Mm. It might only be a couple of minutes, but being completely present. And when those thoughts come in, and they will, and they will, as the thoughts come in, you just acknowledge the thought and go, right, shortly I'll think about that. Right now I'm smelling the soap or whatever it is. I hear you. But I'm busy. I'll get to you. You know, yes. there's time. There's always tomorrow and there's always time. Yeah. The shower, I learned a really good technique with this as well, uh, was to just try and feel every single drop on my body, on my back. Yes. If you're standing there, you've got a couple of minutes, just feel every single drop and appreciate every single drop, you know, on your body. Yes. And that was a really beautiful technique for me because I'm, oh. I, I need that active meditation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, so and I can count thing. all the drops. It's, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome because people think, I think, meditation is I've got to wear a caftan and burn the incense and be sitting in and lotus switch position. My and off and have no yes. thoughts, but that's impossible. Yes, it's impossible. The thoughts will come. The thoughts will come. It's about not getting taken away on that thought and completely distracted. It's just trying to focus on one thing at a time. And if that's just for one minute, and that's your practice. Brilliant. You've done it. Yeah. Tick. <laughs> hey, Susie, thanks for your time today. It's been wonderful chatting to you. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I love talking about this stuff, as you can probably tell. And you look out. I'm coming on your podcast in the new year. I'm really looking forward to it. And let's yes. get up a probiotic cast that everyone can tune into as well. That'll be awesome. Yeah, sounds brilliant. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks, Susie. Bye for now. Bye. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mel and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia 
and Instagram at mgherbsofficial. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.